international friends, and welcome to another episode of Fully Booked. I'm Megan, and I will shortly be joined by my co-host Shireen for us to get started with the episode. Um, This spring slash beginning of summer is turning out to be a very busy one, so what with travel and other prior commitments, we're a little stuck sometimes when it comes to recording the intros, Um, so you're just getting me this week. Don't worry, the episode's pre-recorded, so you're going to be able to hear what both of us have to say, um, which is great because today we're just having a chat about some of our favorite fantasy books. So the most influential fantasy for us, what has stuck with us over the years since having read these stories, what they mean to us, why they mean something to us, um, hopefully some of your favorites are on the list as well, but that's always something that, you know that everybody has, I think, in every genre is just something that they read when they were younger that has just stayed with them um, basically forever. We just love a good story like that. So obviously we're continuing our coverage of Fantasy Month um, over here on the podcast, but you can also check out everything that we've got going on over on the blog at fullybooked.ca. We have a lot of fantasy coverage already, and we'll have other new things coming out throughout the course of the month as well, so be sure to check that out. But otherwise, I won't delay things any longer. Let's get into it, and let's talk about some of our favorite fantasy books. Okay, so my first... You know what? Okay, do you know what? We can start this off... um, We can start this off easy, because I know we're both going to have a Harry Potter of something of to talk about. I think it would be difficult to do this and not talk about it. Of um, I think most people in our age range, but even older than and younger than us, have been affected by the series in some way, shape, or form. It mm-hmm. would be almost impossible to deny that mm-hmm. unless you legitimately never came into contact with it when you were a kid. And um, I will say that for those of you out there who have never read the Harry Potter books, oh yeah, I'm so jealous of you because I would give anything to go back in time and be able to reread them again for, for the, the first, first time. Oh, for the first time would be so great. So, so good. So I think, do you know what we can do for this mm. one? That would be fun. Uh, let's each talk about like which one's your favorite or which one's the one that has stayed with you the most. Okay. You go first. Okay, so I probably have two favorites in okay. the series, but I will start with my number one favorite, which is The Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. Oh, so good. So what I really loved about this one was that, um, you know, so you read the first one and I think we all were kind of like, oh, like, what is this Harry Potter thing? It was very fun. Um, Yeah. It was fun. And he's kind of new at Hogwarts and you're like, yay, like, I love this whole new world. Right. Um, And then by the second one, you're like, ooh, spooky. Okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. A little bit. It's true. Actually, you know what? I think Chamber of Secrets is my least favorite of Um, them. but (laughs) Mine too. And I will tell you why. Okay. It's because of the stupid fucking flying car at the beginning. Why did you not just wait for your parents to come back? It drove me bananas to read that whole, like, situation. It just stressed me out. Looking back on that situation, (laughs) on, like, that whole series, though, that way, there are so many times that you're like, I don't understand why the Weasleys didn't just adopt Harry. Like, it just would have made much more sense. Much more sense. Um, But then by the third book, you know, the world is a little bit more established. You have a bit more background of what's happening yeah and all of a sudden you've got like this like murder mystery happening in this one yeah you know like you who doesn't love a murder uh, mystery are obsessed with yeah. this book it's uh, so funny it's so good and like how everything falls into place at the end and you're just like boom yes there's the rat there's the cat yes. like there's everything and it's <laughs> like yeah <laughs> <laughs> kill the cat that ate the rat that lived in the house that jack built anyway um 
I, yeah, I, you know what? It's weird. Okay. So I think, I think Prisoner of Azkaban, I guess might be my favorite, Mm -hmm. but if I'm talking specifically from the perspective of the one that I remember best from the first time that I read it, the one that really was huge to me at the time that stuck with me, it's Goblet of Fire. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. I was so, there was something about it. Like, first of all, like the the whole, I guess like the whole Triwizard Tournament thing Mm. makes this quite an event of a book. Mm. Uh, It's the first one that was like a lot heftier than the other stories as well. And dark to begin with. You're like, okay, this man just got murdered. Yeah. Yeah. But there was, I think it also stayed with me as well because it was just one, it was the first time that like, you know, we had gotten dark in Mm. Azkaban to a certain extent. Mm. But when you got here and you start realizing that some things aren't safe, so like a Hogwarts student is killed at the end of the book right. you're like whoa, whoa. Yeah. that was fucked up mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah I think so I think from that perspective it is the one that stayed with me mm. probably the most well the one I would say that stayed with me the most would be um the half-blood prince okay that I get that one. I can I can understand that and I think you know I'll say from what I really appreciated about like the goblet of fire Maybe not as much, but um, you do get more of in-depth of, like, the classroom activities and stuff. Yes. Um, and so by um, the Half-Blood Prince, you really, you feel like you're learning about potions a lot. Yeah, it's weird, <laughs> and just about a lot of things to do. Well, like, Half-Blood Prince is so great, too, because of all of those, um, all of the moments in the, what is it, the Pensieve or whatever yes. there that he goes into where yes. he gets all the flashbacks all the about memories. his parents and stuff. Yep. Um, that's fascinating. That's so great. great. With all the background and the history of, yeah. of what's happened. Um, so yeah, I mean, we have to start with Harry Potter. Um, say what you will about the author now. Oh, um, 100%. And we're, we don't disagree with you at you all. Know, my my only comment about uh, J.K. Rowling is that, you know, sometimes you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. Know when to fold them, yeah. That's uh, it. <laughs> you know, it's, if, you, if you have an opinion and you have the level of status and you created something that meant so much to so many people, keep your goddamn trap shut. Yeah, keep your opinions to yourself. You know that old adage of like, if you don't have anything yeah. nice to say, don't say anything at all. Yeah. I think Twitter has ruined that for everybody. But oh, hundo P. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so we start with Harry Potter, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not going to spend too much time on it because we could probably spend an entire hour on yeah, no, Harry we're Potter. Just, this is what it is. These are our favorites. These yeah. are the ones that I think have stuck with us yeah. the longest. Mm-hmm. So, um, one I will mention, because I have to, and it's just who I am as a person. Um, I was, unfortunately, I think 15 years old when Twilight came out. (laughs) Very dangerous age for this um, toxic story to come out at. Uh, And so, I think that was the first time that I fell in love with a literary character. So, Team Edward all the way. Um, Does everybody remember thinking that this was so romantic when they were a teenager? Oh, God, we were dumb. You know, when you're 15, like, holy garbage. Yeah. Um, and so Twilight, um, I loved it. I loved the um, the feel of the story. Like, you just felt like you were in this really cozy, rainy place. You know, it was like a representation of the best setting to be in when you're reading a book. Uh, kind of, yeah, that's true. There is something, uh, co- there's a comfort level that comes yeah. along with it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, of course, the whole saga, there were a number of books, um, impressively, they were made into movies impressively fast, um, I have to say. And um, one thing I will say is that I was obsessed with the Twilight books um, at that time. I went and I did an English degree, and then I tried to read Twilight again after, and let me tell (laughs) you... 
Um, you realize that Stephanie Meyer uses like three adjectives over and over and over again. And um, I got really caught up on Edward with his crooked smile at one point. I'm like, is there something wrong with his face? Uh, yeah, it's weird. Eh? You're kind of like, you're kind of like, you know, what that stops being endearing. And then you start thinking that there might be something a little <laughs> off. Um, so, yeah. So I have to mention Twilight because um, it has spurred an entire generation of new romantic literature yeah we're gonna we're gonna have a whole conversation about that probably later on we will get into it because it's I think it warrants its own episode to a certain extent Mm -hmm. but there's definitely there's definitely a a lot to unpack about all of that and its effect on pop culture as a whole yep it it was um almost a dangerous Thing that became very popular so we are going to talk about that and you can listen into some of our bonus episodes where um we chat about uh these tropes a little bit more in depth yes and the way that they come back it's true yeah so megan what's your next one um so my next one i'm taking it all the way back to childhood for people i do feel like in cases like this you know something that stays with you for a long time is probably going to be something that you read when you were quite young. Mm. And so my next one is The Lorax by Dr. Seuss. Oh, um, cute bit of Seuss in there for you. Yeah, I was, this was my first, um, this was probably the first story that talked about, like for children that I read that talked to me about the idea of consumerism and about protecting the environment Aww. and what happens when it, when you don't. Mm. And I think that when I was a kid reading this story and watching Fern Gully, those mm. were the two things yes. that for me made me be like, no, trees are good. The environment <laughs> is good. We shouldn't be doing this. Um, to everybody and to like these rainforests and to all of these lovely places and it it felt like there was really some Sioux stories are just there because they're there mm. and <laughs> green eggs and ham yeah that's it like they're just <laughs> funny and they're there because they're there but this one I felt I guess had like quite a moral to it mm. and it's just something that I've remembered forever and I love it yeah I mean you know we have we've all read Dr. Seuss somehow For sure. you know even if you don't think you have you have um and they are definitely stories that stay with you and some of the lines always stay with you as well you definitely know? yeah um my next one that I'm going to talk about is um the Inkheart trilogy by Cornelia Funk um I read these when I was probably I want to say like 10 mm-hmm. maybe um, they are quite chonky books. Uh, I remember when I read them, um, I was sitting in my classroom reading them and everybody was like, whoa, those are really thick books. Mm-hmm. They are... <laughs> she thick. <laughs> Ooh, she thick. <laughs> um, they are amazing. So this is an amazing author for uh, children who are, mm-hmm. I would say, you know, between nine and 12 years old. Okay. So like you're like young middle grade kind of Yeah. Readers, like so your pre, preteen of, readers. Yeah. Um, but so Inkheart is the story of um, a girl and her dad. And um, you find out that the father, actually it was made into a movie with Brendan Fraser. Amazing. I know we have to we do have we have to watch it to someone because I've never seen it oh, and I, I'm so sure good. I would like to see it and I'd like to talk about it yeah um and so it's a story of, of this girl and her dad um the father refuses to ever read to his daughter um you find out in the story that it's because when he reads yes characters from stories come out of the books mm-hmm. but sometimes um people from the real world go into the books Okay. And so what happened was uh, he used to read to her mother and to her when she was younger, and her mother ended up in the book. Oh, no. In the story. Um, And um, 
one of the characters came out. He wasn't like the least threatening of them. But it's this entire epic tale that ensues where they have to go into the story. They're trying to find her mom. um, And you just meet all these amazing characters like they're so endearing and you just want to be in this world and I think it was one of the first books that I read that was a fantasy story that made me really pinpoint my love of reading which was the um the feeling of being in the story Mm -hmm. and that's what this book is all about it's about feeling like you're actually in the story and they took it you know well the author took it one step further where that's what the entire story is about is going into a fantasy world oh it's like the page master the page master that was such a good movie (laughs) so good i love that movie yes so um definitely recommend it um to all ages definitely and if you have children give it to them because it is just a magical story that's so fun okay um I've got I've got like a good few other ones god you know you don't think that you read that much fantasy and then you remember what you read when you were a kid and you're like oh yeah look at that um so my next one's Tuck Everlasting oh yeah I remember that one wait wasn't he was that the one where I was in love with the with Tuck Oh, yeah. Yeah, I literally wrote that down, that <laughs> Jesse Tuck, I think, was my first book crush on oh, a boy. Yeah. Mm. I was like, oh, man. he w- It was so cute. I loved the whole story. It's just like it's just like an interesting story, right? You know, this young girl stumbles across that's at this family living in the woods mm. who never age, mm. and there's like a lot of an aura of mystery around it. And they're also, they can't stay in one place for too long because people will realize, and they're being chased by some strange unknown assailant in a yellow suit, I think. There was yellow involved. Mm. Um, and it's great. And I, I love the man in the big yellow hat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh boy. With his monkey. Sorry, continue. Not that one. <laughs> Wrong story. Wrong story. Um, yeah, and I just, I I loved it. Yeah, that's it. It was my, I, I do remember it. It triggered like a crush in me that I don't think I had had. I think I read it when I was like 11 or mm-hmm. something. And I had never really experienced that before. Boys were gross right. when I was growing up. Yeah. I wasn't one of those girls who like had a boyfriend, quote unquote, right. in primary school. So I just didn't feel that way about anyone and then I was like oh but if anybody were like Jesse Tuck I would be over the moon I would be over the moon yeah Yeah, I think that happened a few times I mean Edward there was also um in the sisterhood of the traveling pants I think the guy from Greece oh yeah what was his name that's it yeah Yeah, you know there's a few boy crushes in your books that you just never get over you never get over yeah that's it (laughs) (laughs) um the next one I'm gonna mention is um the hobbit Mm-hmm. And I guess you could smush in the Lord of the Rings, but they really don't fit together. No, they don't. Um, they're totally they're different. They're totally different, but I just really, really love Tolkien. Yeah. Um, I've studied Tolkien at a uni- university level. I had the pleasure of being able to do that. Shout out to Professor Stephen Yeager for <laughs> his amazing class on Tolkien. Um, but, you know, The Hobbit was written for um, for children. Yes, and it, it's the difference between the two types of books that they are, versus, like Lord of the Rings versus The Hobbit, mm. it shows. It shows, but I think that a lot of people have been exposed to these uh, via the films by Peter Jackson. For sure. Um, and the first ones that came out were The Lord of the Rings, and they were very dark, and they were very, like, you know, doom and gloom. And I was surprised when I read the books that that's not really the tone of the books. So, no. like, it is doom and gloom, but at the same time, um, Tolkien's writing style is very, like, 
perky? I don't know. Like, I don't know how to put this. Optimistic? Like, I just don't know whether it was, you know, the style of the time. But it's very, like, matter of fact and very much Mm -hmm. like... Now they're going to do this. I think it's less embellished maybe than it, it is. It really the films. is. Yeah. Um, but you really have to give it to the guy that he built this entire universe yeah. um, that exists within these stories that um, he then brought other stories in about, you know, like the Silmarillion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he had his own version of like um, Tristan and Isolde that took place in Middle Earth. Huh. Um, which actually was derived from a story by Chaucer called Troilus and Crusade. Oh my God, we've talked about this already. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so uh, Tolkien, I love him, the OG fantasy guru. Kind of, especially for like high fantasy, epic fantasy kinds of stories and stuff. Others have existed, others do it, but uh, nobody's quite achieved that level, I don't think. And like, you know, kudos to Peter Jackson for keeping it alive, although... His movies of The Hobbit were nothing like the book. Oh my god. Let me tell ya. Especially when you see the size of the book versus the three movies. I know, and like the five armies. There's no orcs in The Hobbit. No, that's There's true. none of that. No. Like, <laughs> it's really not as cool as the movies, but yeah, well, they, pretty cute. They expanded, but yeah, the, yeah. They, they sure took some creative license with it. <laughs> they sure did. <laughs> um, so... Uh, my next one, keeping it on that young adult bandwagon, which is pretty much what I've got the whole way through this <laughs> list, is Bridge to Terabithia. Oh, I love that one too. It's so good. Um, it's so sad. Bridge to Terabithia. Isn't it sad? Is that it's the one that's so yeah. sad? Bridge to Terabithia is one of those. Is the type of story I think that when you're a kid and you read it, it unlocks something in you. And you find, you resonate so much with it because who hasn't made up a fantasy world as a kid? Who didn't play with their friends and make up a world that doesn't exist Mm -hmm. with different sets of rules and things? And now if you took that and imagined if it were actually really real for you, if it Mm. felt like when you crossed over into this other world, these things started to show and Mm. they started to happen. Yeah, It's just, it's so wonderful and it is... It was a book that did shock me because I did read it when I was quite young and it was probably my first experience again reading a story wherein like a child dies. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Spoiler alert if you haven't read it, but it was published in the 70s, so I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, You are late. You're just late to the party. (laughs) But yeah, it was, you know, it was a very jarring thing to have happen in the middle of a story that's like quite fantastical most of the way through, um, you know, and the level of escapism that you achieve in a story like this, um, it's just, it's just wonderful. The mm. characters feel realistic. The story weirdly feels very rooted despite the fact that it creates its own fantasy world because it just feels true to childhood. Um, and I don't think there's ever a time where I won't love it. Yeah, again, it goes back, like a lot of these stories they're just really cozy. Yes. You know, because you're you're at home wrapped up in your cozy little in your reading corner <laughs> and you're reading this epic story where like dangerous things are happening but yeah. you're like I'm safe. <laughs> and I think that's what I love so much about fantasy is that you know they're just cozy somehow. Yeah, I I mean I don't always feel that way, but I can agree with you depending on like the type of fantasy story that Mm. it is I think some of them yeah I do feel that way about it Mm. and a lot of it much of the time it's those that you did read when you were younger Mm. and you can find that level of nostalgia for it that's when for me you get that cozy factor that kind of finds its way in yeah no for sure um I think for me it's really 
whenever there's like a really great detailed world that's been created, you feel like you're going somewhere else. Like that's one of those times where you really do feel like you're actually diving into a different world and you're leaving your your body and Mm -hmm. you're going somewhere else. And so you're going on an adventure, right? Um, And that's what I love so much about fantasy. Um, The last one that I wanted to talk about before going to some honorable mentions um, is the Throne of Glass series. It's a newer one by Sarah Moss. I start. I read these actually um, almost by accident. I picked one up. Um, I don't know why I picked it up, but I was like, sure, why not? I've heard that these are good. I read the first one in zero time. <laughs> and then I think there's like eight or nine novels in the whole series. I think I read all of them in the space of two weeks. It was that good. Um, it was epic it was you know the main character was sassy she was funny um you kind of wanted to slap her a few times but she did have that depth to her that made her very endearing Mm -hmm. um and then uh all the other characters and like the love story that's happening and then the whole like royalty thing that's going on in the background it's just a great story and it is a newer one so a lot of the ones that we've talked about are kind of older ones that were published um but I do recommend that you pick this up and what's great about it is that the author is still um you know she's still coming out with quite a few stories so Mm -hmm. um you know if you like her style which I do you can keep picking up her stories and and reading yeah I don't think she's slowing down anytime soon that one I think she's achieved quite quite the level of fame within the fantasy community I don't think she's going anywhere anytime soon yeah totally (laughs) um so I guess before we get into like honorable mentions, I love how many we wind up with all the time. I'm always like, I got this one and this one and this one. Um, I have one, probably one more, I guess, in more detail, which is uh, Stormfront by Jim Butcher. It's the first book in the Dresden Files series. Okay. Um, I read, I started reading these books. I think my mom had actually picked them up like the first two or three and read them on a whim, uh, probably like. 14, 15 years ago or so and passed off the first one to me. She was like, no, it's good. You're going to like it. Um, and I read it and I was immediately hooked on the series. The lead character of Harry Dresden is just someone that I've like, I love this character. I don't think I ever get tired of him. He is, um, you know, messy. He's sarcastic. He's funny. He keeps the jokes coming throughout the whole sort of length of the series and um you know if it weren't for this initial book which might not be my favorite of the series but if it weren't for this one then the the others wouldn't exist Mm. um and so with that in mind yeah I just I love it it's a series that I really appreciate and I think it probably cemented my appreciation for like more urban fantasy Mm. so you know stuff that's kind of set more within a city within the real world but in within which um, fantastical elements do exist, mm-hmm. which is something that I always find kind of fun. How do they interact with the real world? Mm. Absolutely. Um, haven't read that one. I should probably they're pick it up. They're a lot of fun. I don't yeah. know. Like, I'm sure they're not for everybody, but I really like them. You know, you've got a lot of smarminess going on within <laughs> people. You got people who aren't totally sure of how to use their magic, which I can always yeah. appreciate. Uh, you got a really perverted skull that helps with spells. <laughs> What more do you want? You from know, you've got some really violent murders happening. Like, what do you? What? What else do you want out of something like this? <laughs> All right, I gotta check it out. All right. 
Um, some of my honorable mentions. Um, one of them is uh, the City of Bones. Uh, oh, Mortal Instruments. Mortal Instruments. That's right. That How do I whole... know that I haven't read these books. <laughs> um, I've read City of Bones, and I think I read three of them in the series. Um, there's been a movie made and, and okay. a TV show for and several a TV seasons. Show. Yeah. Um, the movie was super star-studded. The cast. Um, yeah. I liked it. I um, watched it once and I thought it was terrible. <laughs> so I thought it was okay. I really enjoyed the series. Um, so The series was okay. I watched most of it, Yeah, I think. Um, and then aside from that, there's... Um, you're pointing at them right now, lol. Uh, His Dark Materials That's the one. trilogy by Philip uh, Pullman. <laughs> so, you know, Golden Compass, what is it? The Soul Knife and the Amber Spyglass or That's something? That's right, yeah. yeah. Um, so they've made uh, a TV series and a movie about those as well. Yeah. Um, I think there was some controversy around these books, but... Um, yeah, I haven't watched the TV series yet, yeah. actually. I was curious about it because it's HBO and I feel like they have the budget for it. The movie was terrible. It was. Also very star-studded. <laughs> yes, but awful. So bad. Yeah. Um, and then my final honorable mention is the, um, book Neverwhere by Neil Gaiman. Oh, yeah. Um, so while I've just been on a whole spiel about how much I love, um, elaborate fantasy Mm -hmm. worlds, this one takes place in our world and you learn about like the underbelly of the, uh, the London underground. This sounds like it's more up my alley. It's really good. I think it's one of his lesser known books. I think so. Um, but... 10 out of 10, I definitely, definitely recommend. And the last one I'm going to do, because it's just flown into my mind now, um, is The Graveyard Book by Neil Gaiman. Um, Yeah. Similarly to Coraline, written for children, uh, but it follows... With a darker tone, With a darker tone. I mean, Um, Coraline has its own quite dark tone, but I would say It's very dark. (laughs) Yeah, I'd say there's more to... There's a lot to The Graveyard Book as well, that way. Yeah, no, it uh, follows the story of Bod, um, whose full name is Nobody, um, and he lives in a graveyard and gets raised by ghosts. Um, It's super cute. It's real cute. Pick it up. it. Um, all right. My honorable mentions, I have a few that I'll rattle off. Obviously, I feel kind of the same way. His Dark Materials trilogy is on there. The Hobbit, you know, for obvious reasons, for Mm -hmm. the same reasons you've got them on your list. Um, as far as my sort of foray into Neil Gaiman, uh, American Gods is one that's on my list because I really do Mm. appreciate it. I love, I love it when authors take uh, lore yeah. from like real like you know existing things okay real things quote unquote but you know real folklore mm-hmm. and folk tales regarding all of these old ancient gods and things like that and make it into something new it's so fun Very it's good. so interesting it's a really well written book with an interesting main character but really interesting a really interesting universe that exists yeah. but w- exists within our world and that's yeah. something that I really appreciate they made a show about that as well it which started off really good started at the good. beginning and then it got real weird I real think Crispin Glover was in that he was yeah <laughs> He was a character that was added for the show, actually, but I really, I liked his character. I thought he did a great job. I thought it was interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, no, it got really weird really quickly. There was a lot of weird behind the scenes stuff with Neil Gaiman disagreeing with things. They had actors leave, actors come back on. So there was a lot of really strange stuff. I don't, I think it. I only really watched the first season. Yeah, I think it sort of fell to pieces after a while, which is unfortunate because it started off really strong. But there you go. Um, And my. Last one that I'm going to mention, or last ones, I guess, because I've got two, but they're both by the same author, are both by Roald Dahl, Matilda, and The Witches. 
those are really big ones for me. I read, I don't know why I read a bunch of Roald Dahl when I was a kid for some reason. Oh, we all did. Yeah, I think I it guess was on so. the school curriculum. Yeah, probably. It was fun. It was like, you know, like when you got like your scholastic book orders, like yes, it was expected you that you would get, you got like Dahl. the whole pack at yeah. some point. So yeah, um, The Witches was probably one of the first times that I ever really read a story that had like evil witches mm. in it but doing something kind of fun and mm. I loved them I was like oh, witches are cool I want to be one like it was great <laughs> and yeah. I really loved it and um god I don't think I could begin to properly explain how you as a young girl who reads a lot would relate to a character like Matilda uh, I don't think it's possible to even no. I don't think you could even talk about it in a short period of time Mm-mm. um what you know what kid at some point like what funny little bookworm at some point hasn't felt like they don't quite fit in with people and like there's something more to their interests you know that people other people just don't seem to understand if you were that kid in school who really liked to read and other people didn't they didn't understand why you liked to read so much I was that person uh yeah that's it I had I had a lot of that as well so just you know just the idea of it her general optimism about life and Mm -hmm. how she really takes matters into her own hands to help herself out, help the people out around her who deserve to be helped. Mm. Um, and anybody who's ever had like a really shitty uh, school teacher or yeah. administrator can probably relate to that as well. There's just so much, there's so much to it that's wonderful. And I think that it really speaks to people who have felt like they don't fit in with the people around them, but sometimes even with their own families as yeah. well. And I love that. Yeah, no, um, Roald Dahl is definitely an amazing one. We yeah. could talk about him all day. Oh, even. yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. I could have just a whole episode about that. Yep. But uh, what do you guys think of these fantasy stories? Are some of them your favorites? Um, did we miss some? I'm sure we did. There's a million of them out there. What are your favorites? You can let us know over um, on our Instagram page. Wow, I'm going to get there eventually. <laughs> fully booked CA. You can hit us up on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash book was way better. And you can keep on checking out everything that we've got going on for Fantasy Month and the other episodes of the podcast over at fullybooked.ca. But until next time, guys, keep on reading. Thanks, everyone.